What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, and your auditory canals are tuned into Season 6, Episode 3 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. As usual, I am not in the digital studio alone. Along with me are my partners in crime. We got Dez, the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, brother? Not much. Not much. Uh, just playing, you know, these games that we love so much. <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. What's up, brother? Not much on this wonderful Saturday morning. So I haven't eaten breakfast yet, man. I'm ready to go. <laughs> ready to go grab some coffee while we here record here. Wow. So got some some I, ice brew coffee in my my fridge. Yeah, Kirkland just, just percolating, just rolled out Kirkland. of bed, at, straight out of a tin can. Yeah, you, you rolled out of bed and, and onto the and onto the recording, huh? You know it, man. Yeah, we're recording a little bit earlier than normal, uh, thanks to my schedule this weekend, so appreciate it, fellas. Not a biggie. Good deal. But, uh, thank you, thank you. But uh, why don't we kick things off with a with discussion about what we've been playing since our last episode. So, Des, why don't you kick things off for us? What has been in your gaming rotation? Um, well, I'm still in love with my uh, Switch, <laughs> my Switch Lite. So, I've been playing that a lot more. Um, so, I started playing uh, Dragon Quest uh, Eleven. Ooh. So, uh, Ooh. it's great to be have that on the handheld, running around. Um, I'm playing it in the normal mode. I didn't do the 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 classic. 2D. Yeah, I didn't do the classic 2D mode. I was like, nah, nah, I don't need to do all that. <laughs> you could flip it any time, but you have to save first, I believe. Yeah, so. yeah, that, I guess. Yeah, but I was like, nah, this is fine. <laughs> I like the new way, so, uh, so I'm staying on that. And I, I have the, uh, I have the game on uh, PS4, but didn't really get into it. And then I started uh, playing it on the handheld, and it was like, voila! And like this is, this is a fantastic way to play it. So. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the small differences, and now I want to. Um, now I'm all super into it. But uh, yeah, so just been playing games on my um, on my uh, Switch Lite. Um, pre-ordered a couple of games that I'm excited to play with you guys. Uh, Zombie Trilogy. Four. I was talking to to Joe last night, and he was like, you know, oh, Zombie Trilogy Four. Oh, there's a Zombie a Army Four. Sorry, Zombie Army Four. And I was, he was like, yeah. there's a there's a steel book, and I'm like, ooh. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I pre-ordered it, you know, and uh, because again, I like I like that studio, and I like their games, and, and even though I wish it was uh, Strange Brigade Two, um, I will support them. So went oh. ahead and did the pre-order on that, um, and then pre-ordered a couple other games. Um, like Rune Factory Four and uh, Snack Time or Snack World, Snack World. I keep forgetting what it's called, Snack Time. But but yeah, um, so yeah, I'm 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 kind of excited, you know, about about what's going to be going on. <laughs> so okay, yeah. I really oh oh, and also I played a 
Uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. Uh, it was a game that uh, Joe and I played at uh, PAX uh, last year, and it finally came out. So, so I'm interested uh, to play it, and it's a uh, it's a fun little game. You know, very s- satirical humor uh, about being an explorer for the fourth, you know, largest interstellar explorers so it's kind of funny the fourth best the <laughs> yeah fourth the, best. The, yeah the fourth largest fourth best you know it's just kind of a silly game and you're running around and it it's just it's just got a crude humor and no not 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 terribly crude humor but the the ai you know is just kind of sarcastic and but but in a very nice cheerful way so it's an interesting game <laughs> and i suggest um that you guys uh, try it out, and it and it has a co-op. So uh, Joe and I were gonna play it co-op, but we haven't done that yet. So um, this weekend, sir. Hmm. Say it again. We'll do it this weekend oh, if sure. you're up for it. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. You know, we can run around and explore this planet, and you know, <laughs> pimp slap some aliens. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, that's one of your attacks is a pimp slap. So it's kind of silly. <laughs> The game is bananas. So, anyway, so Joe, what have you been playing, buddy? Uh, since we last recorded, uh, as far as just the usual stuff, so I won't go too much into detail. Just Tank Quest, uh, some Hot Shots Golf, not Hot Shots Golf, Hot Shots Tennis. I've been playing that PS2 on PS4 Classic on there that I happened to miss. So, uh, we did get together last weekend, so we did play what Fighting Rage. So oh, I yeah. enjoyed that. That's pretty a bit. fun, actually. Yeah. Now, I have that game on Steam, and so I haven't double-dipped, but uh, you know, it all depends as far as getting my Steam Link hooked up to my uh, living room TV or possibly even bringing a computer into there you know, <laughs> yeah. to be able to go and access my Steam library. So it just depends. I've been debating about the, either that or you know buying an actual PC monitor with that, uh, you know, 120 hertz refresh rate and experience PC gaming as it should on a like a 27 or 34 inch monitor. So yeah, I'm debating about that right now. So um, we also played you and Paul uh, Desmond. We were playing some puzzle games too. Uh, Tumblestone seemed like it was pretty fun. It was like a Toys R Us like four dollar like uh, you know clearance classic over here. Um, it's a, like a puzzle game, but there's a lot of uh, co-op modes and, mm. and battling back and forth. I enjoyed playing that. And then it took, the a minute towers. To get, it took a minute to get used to the controls and what you were supposed to do, but, but it was fun. Tricky Towers, though, that was that was a fun game. Yeah. Now, if you never played Tricky Towers, it was a PS Plus game like from a few years ago. Um, we played it at PlayStation Experience back in the day, and I... Even when it was free for the month, I didn't really fire it up. But uh, it's like basically Tetris with physics. So you can imagine if you're uh, putting a structure together with your Tetris blocks and it actually has physicality, meaning that, <laughs> you know, you put you put one piece on the side kind of dangling, it's going to fall the, fall the yeah. F off. So, you it's, know, like, so. it's like building Jenga, Jenga bricks. And if you put yeah. something that has a, that might be a little bit too heavy or top heavy, it'll, it'll, t- it'll tumble down. So yeah, uh, I, I do like the combat about it though. And how you're able to, to, to mess with other people by changing what their bricks look like or making them super slippery. It was, just a, it was just a very like fun little, fun little, you know, time waster. It was good. Yeah, for sure. You know, but uh, looking 
forward to is going to play some games this weekend. We'll talk about it next episode. But you know, it's pretty much uh, all that's been on my docket as of late on there. Um, so a bunch of cool trade um, deals going on at GameStop right now. So I got a nice little list, and I'm kind of anticipating the next generation of uh, of consoles. I'm kind of calling the ranks over here. So I traded in a PS4, and I'm trading in some games and uh, towards you know some pre-orders this year. Kind of laying my map out, my map yeah. of all you know what I want to do. Oh, and so. you and you pre-ordered. Uh... Dark Side is Genesis too, so that's another co-op game, you know, that we all can play. So yeah, no, no, that's coming that. up. Yeah, see that again. I'm sorry. It's coming up. Yeah, Dark Side is Genesis. Yeah. It's uh, like uh, uh, as the Dark Side series tends to do. They are mixing up their formula this time for this next game on there. It's being done by the Airship Syndicates uh, that did um, um, Battle Chasers and also just did the recent. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the other game. Oh, Remnant. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah. I like that series. I like the art direction. Joe Mad all the way. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Hey, Kev, what you been playing, man? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I'm I'm had a cough there. I'm on a new medication that is mm. one of the side effects is. Making you cough, so yay! Clear my throat. So, what I've been playing? Well, it's a lot of the same. A lot of more Horizon Zero Dawn. Still enjoying that. Making my way through that game. I'm doing some. The story is really getting good, and I'm really starting to open up Aloy's skill set. So I'm really I'm digging what everything that game has been putting out. Been playing, got back into Monster Hunter World. <clears throat> um, F the long sword because I oh, can't really? do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was all, I was all ready to bust up a long sword because that was like one of my favorite weapons. Like back in like Monster Hunter and Monster Hunter Two and all the PSP games. It's like I was, I was, I was down for the long sword. I'm still down for the yeah. long sword. Yeah, yeah. hey, hey, <laughs> um, more power to you. But uh, in my book, F the long sword because I, I tell you, I tried, and I mean, I freaking tried. I'm, you know, I'm an old man with old man reflexes, so I get it. You know, some things are just not for me. Um, and the long sword is one of them because it's it's like a lot of the skill to long sword in this game is um, what they call iframe dodges, where you execute the spirit si- spirit slides spirit side slash. And the spirit uh, is the one where he does that sheath and does that quick anime, you know, uh, that quick anime double slash. And you have to do that, like, right before you get hit. And some of the hit detection in Monster Hunter World isn't the greatest, you know, say what you will. But (laughs) I just could not get those iframes I just could not get those iframes going, you know, and um, it was, I was just like, you know what, I'm, I, I'm already on blood pressure medication. I don't need to add <laughs> to my frustration. So I put the long sword down. 
and I picked back up the charge blade, which I don't know what, you know, it's like everyone says the charge blade is like the hardest weapon in that game. I disagree. It's, it's, it's probably the, it's probably the easy, one of the easier weapons in the, in the game. Uh, melee weapons, at least, at least for me. Now, granted, I haven't played. I haven't. The only other one I've tried is the long sword. So maybe you know, maybe you know, your experience may vary. But uh, my youngest nephew has a crew that he runs with some uh, real world friends of his. So I got on with them uh, last night, and I've been doing that a lot. And they've been helping me, trying to help me get some uh, in game uh, gems and uh, running me through some of like the arc tempered monsters. Yeah, yeah, those guys, those those guys got all the up level, high level, high level stuff. So I'm kind of working my way towards the Iceborne in-game builds there. But also been playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, and I swear, man, I really wanted to love. I w- I wanted to love this game, but. It's doing some things that just are pissing me off. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just, um, uh, as y'all know, if you listened to me when I was on Gamer Husbands and if you've been with this show, uh, you know I'm a DBZ fanatic. Uh, it's, one, it's probably my favorite series-based anime. It's one of those animes that I got started on when it, you know, it, it, kind of one of my it was kind of like my gateway drug into the world of anime and it is still uh one of my favorites to this day you know i've watched z uh i've loved super and and all that good stuff so the uh kakarot is like an open world experience to, to the story of uh dragon ball z and my problem with this game is a problem that a lot of games in its in its ilk meaning anime licensed games often done by the same team that made this game so in a way i can kind of kick myself in the butt for thinking they're going to do something different but Basically, what it, the, my problem is, it the game makes you instead of rewarding you for out fighting, and we're talking, I'm talking about boss fights here, boss fights here, and particularly the very first one. Instead of make rewarding you for out fighting your opponent, it it penalizes you for it. Okay, here's what I mean. Okay, first boss fight is Raditz, and we're going through the Z story, so. You know, Goku is reintroducing is introducing his friends uh, from the original Dragon Ball series, mainly Master Roshi, Bulma, and Krillin, to his little boy Gohan. And you go out and and you go out to Master Roshi's house, and that's when the the Saiyans show up, and it's Vegeta and and Nappa and Goku's brother, who he never knew he had Raditz, and Raditz says, "Hey, Goku, we sent you here to blow up the planet." You didn't do it. I'm kidnapping your kid. You got to fight me. So you fight him, and the boss fight is is kind of interesting, but here's my problem. Using the moves that you have access to, 
you put your opponent in, and it's just like a fighting game. You put your opponent into into hit stun, meaning that they are experiencing the impact of your blows and attacks. So I go in and do Goku's special moves, and Raditz is in hit stun, visibly in hit stun. Okay, he's either on the ground, crashing through the ground, you know, throwing up debris. Or he's flying through the air, you know, in, in recoil from my attack. They captured that real good in the combat. And by the way, the combat is super simple. It, it's it's not as complex as... It, basically, if you've played any of the... Um, uh, uh, Shadow, Shadow, of the, or, uh, Shadow of the Ninja Naruto uh, games... Uh, it's it's not even that level of complex. It's like super, super, super simple. But Raditz is an obvious hit stun, and I'm going in to to do a follow up move. And while he is still in hit stun, he is executing his special moves. Like he's got this kick that does is is like this energy drain that that takes away your, all of your key energy. So you're you're immobilized when you get hit by it and he's got this um uh his attack in the show is called double sunday <laughs> where he does like this massive beam attack and, and you know it's nothing like he does nothing like it is in the show but you know it's a game so you got to gamify stuff i get it and it's like wait a minute I dodged your attacks. I landed these these uh, critical hits. You're in hit stun, and you're still hitting me with this stuff. It, I ooh, I, that just like completely infuriates me. And I'm 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 looking at this, and it's like it's this is this is like this is just lazy coding. And I really I you know I'm still gonna push through it. Um, a lot. Some of the things that I mentioned before in the game are 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 becoming a little bit more annoying now. Um, the communities are just totally unnecessary. You know, I had I I was getting the hunch that they were unnecessary in the beginning when I was going through the tutorial. They are absolutely unnecessary. I mean, it. it, it I think I think they're there just to make you know just so that they can call it an rpg <laughs> because you're at hey we got stuff where you can do that you can do but you really don't have to do it um the gathering of food and all that other stuff i mean i guess the buffs are okay but uh i have a feeling that the further you get in the game it's you could really go into these fights without buffing up it's it's again just kind of sort of there just to call itself an rpg graphically the game is freaking gorgeous i mean even even in the overworld it feels like you're watching the anime um the overworld is not overly populated but as i kind of recall you know where, where where goku lived in the show he lived out in the boonies and the sticks outside of the cities, and there really wasn't a whole lot going on there. There was dinosaurs and stuff flying around, and that's there in, in the overworld in this game. So 
you know, where I've heard some people criticize the overworld as being not very populated. I think in a way it's kind of true to the show. Uh, collecting all the Z orbs is kind of a nuisance. I, I definitely get that. And the Z orbs is what you use to to uh, build up your 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 skill tree for the the characters that you get to play as. And you know, I. But the thing that is really gnawing at me is the mechanics in the game and how the mechanics do not reward you for out. For for outthinking your opponent, and that just it, in fact it criticizes you because you're not fighting you know the way you want you to fight, you know your your opponent is in hit stun and is falling back reeling and he's still executing moves that are not animated mind you because he's still flying away or he's still pum getting pummeled into the ground. But he's still doing these moves that that can affect you, and that just uh, for a lot of people that probably won't bother them. But again, I'm a beat 'em up snob, so when I see <laughs> stuff like this, there you go. It just it just irks the hell out of me. So, well, sir, uh, yeah. I would advise you thirty eight dollars at GameStop <laughs> until Monday if you put it towards a pre order. Thirty three bucks if you just decide to. Get that trade credit. Yeah, I know, but see, I want to love it. And, you know, it's almost you know, it's almost like a like a you know, I'm not going to call it an abusive relationship because I, I always thought that's kind of stupid when you compare inanimate objects to a real world relationships. But it's like I know that I, it's like I know from the jump that it's only going to get worse from here. I get that. I understand that. But because I'm a Dragon Ball freak, I want to I want to play the game. And I and I can see where I see where its charm is already. I I can see that, but the mechanics are like, uh well, <laughs> what did you think? Is it the point that's more RPG that you're just not no, it's it, it. No, it, it it's 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 the it's the it's the fighting mechanics where gotcha. where you put somebody put your opponent in hit stun and he's still hitting you with moves even though even though you have done what you needed to do to land your critical hits because you know the way basically for those this this game is like Budokai or Tenkaichi from PS2. Uh, which were fantastic games. I know for whatever reason, other people crap on the on that series, but I loved them. Um, and it plays ex a lot like that. Um, and I think Tenkaichi, if my if you know my if memory serves, did some of that. But this game is just overly into it, where where you land those hits and you put your opponent in hit stun and he's affected by your attack but because the logic of this game is set up to where no i'm going to this character must execute this move right now regardless of what you've done you know you're you're still getting hit with even though even though you've landed the critical hits on, on your opponent and he is an obvious hit stun because he is reeling back. He's still executing these moves and hitting you. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I understand this is how most of these games are, but it's just 
irritating as all get out to me. So, um, Kev, what do you think about yeah. some of the the rewriting of the history? Have you got to any of that yet? Um, not really. Um, because I'm 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 still on I'm still on the I'm still on the Raditz fight. Okay. Uh, because it I it, it's like I. And it's not that I can't. I, I probably, if I really put my mind to it, that when I when I'm fighting him, it's like okay, my brain just shuts off because it's like, wait a minute, I've done all these attacks on you, and you're still hitting me with this shit, and I, and I just turn the game off because it, it just it just frustrates me, and, you know. Um, but I sometime this this weekend I'm just gonna sit down and just say okay I can either accept this you know accept 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 it for what it is and move on or I'm just gonna say you know screw this game and and you know and, and just say I got I got Dragon Ball Fighters which you know, and, and just be happy with that, which I, the more I think about it, I'm probably going to do the latter. <laughs> yeah, I again. bought this, I bought this game. So, cause I've never watched Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. to kind of do the whole saga and experience that for myself without having to sit through and watch all the anime and like, you know, the five episodes of the same fight being or probably dragged out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely going to be abridged. But it's gonna it, it'll make sense. Uh, oh, for, for sure. And yeah. I think if you're if you're going at it if you're going at it in, with that mindset of just wanting to go through the story and and all that other an, an, ancillary crap like the communities and the food gathering and all that stuff, which you really don't have to do, um, then I think you'll probably enjoy it. And since mm. You're you're not a you're not a beat 'em up snob like me. It it, it you're not going to be bothered. You probably won't be bothered with a, with like a lot of the stuff that I'm experiencing. Although when you're fighting a boss and you're obviously hitting him, and he's still hitting you with his moves, that's going to get irritating. Uh, you know, I don't care whether you're a beat 'em up snob or not. That's just going to get irritating because I'm obviously hitting this dude. And he he's feeling the effects of it, but he's not his not even going through the animations of his attacks. He's just hitting me with stuff because the logic of the game says, okay, this boss character has taken X amount of damage. I've got to retaliate. And even though I have dodged the retaliation and I'm still landing those hits, no, the game says, no, you're still going to get this work. (laughs) And that's what ticks me off about it. So, but yeah, that that's that, that's what I that's that's what I've been playing <laughs> playing this week. A uh, lot of good, uh, some bad, and some that I wish just was a, a whole lot better. <laughs> All right. And with that, we're going to move into our news. Do 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 the news news. So Trader Joe, why don't you kick things off with what has been shaking down in the games industry since our last uh, episode? 
not too much. Uh, I'm going to kick off with, because I, I lead the section, and <laughs> this is a game I've been looking forward to, but uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 is, the closed beta is going to be available only two days, February 7th and February the 8th. So it's like next Friday and Saturday. Is I don't know why. To, is that open to everybody, real quick, or, or do, you, do you still have to, or do you still have to have? Um, it, put it's in open your... to everyone, but what you have to do is you have to go into a particular program that Microsoft Xbox set up on Windows 10 and go and sign up okay. for the sure Insiders was, program. Okay, I was on sure there, was which open it up to everybody. You didn't have to do all that that weird stuff, but okay. Yeah, they're going to have an open beta, so, I mean, basically, it's going to start 5 o'clock Pacific time next Friday on February the 7th. You're able to preload as early as February the 3rd, and what's cool about it, once you get into it and load it onto your Xbox, that uh, once the open beta starts, which they haven't announced a date for, uh, you don't have to download another client or another game it's already going to be with the pre-existing game that you're downloading for the closed beta on there uh, also player progress will carry forward so whatever you do in this closed beta if you happen to uh, get in on there i think everyone that signs up for the xbox insiders program will have access to the beta along with you know other stuff like testing out you know uh <laughs> Uh, Xbox firmware updates, you know, if that's your bag on there. It's like I, I test Xbox firmware. Every time I turn it on, I have to update it to the next firmware because I hadn't turned it on in months. That's my Xbox that's funny. <laughs> firmware uh, <laughs> progress right there. But I'm going to have uh, to do that too. I haven't turned my Xbox on in a long time. Yeah. Is you know, uh, only thing that kind of irks me is this is the weekend I'm I'm coming up to San Francisco to see you, Des. So it's like in, in the window of opportunity, <laughs> it's entirely entirely at your house. So it's don't like don't worry about it. Know. I'll have it I'll have it plugged up and ready for you to go. You can all you know, right, you can, all right. You know, in the evening, you know, once once everyone's you know gone to bed or whatnot. I mean, you're sleeping in the in the game room, so you'll be able to 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 play it at your heart's content. I'm not too worried because it's something to where I'm going to play in the open beta. I'm going to play when it's released. So, I mean, and even though they're dangling rewards in front of everyone, uh, the the biggest reward is if you're not familiar with Fantasy Star Online, there's these uh, little computer helpers called mags that kind of float around and heal you and do other things, do special attacks on there. And they have one that looks like a Dreamcast. So, <laughs> you know. That's that's the one that's like oh my god Dreamcast oh <laughs> so <laughs> uh, but I just like what they've done so far with this game um, they uh, went ahead and they translated the entire game into English too and you're able to switch it on the fly between the English dub and the Japanese voices if need be uh, they even have concerts in the game so if you want to partake partake in an anime concert on there so. Uh, from if you look at the timeline for the beta, there's like uh, certain times where certain missions are going to be available, urgent quest on there, and so uh, it's looking forward to dabbling with this. And I don't know if uh, either of you two have go uh, are going to be playing or not, or going to be playing not just for the closed beta, just in the future. I will be. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go. 
I won't be in the closed beta because it's my that weekend is my father in law's birthday and we're having a they're, they're, we're having a seventies party for him. Oh, so <laughs> I'll be doing that. But yeah, I'll, I'll be checking out the main game because I I liked Fantasy Star. Uh, I played it on the uh, what was the Dreamcast way yeah. way long time ago. Way way long time back yeah. in the day. Yeah, hate so to say I that's back in the it. day. But <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, so I'll be checking it out. So just let us know, listeners, if you're interested, if you want to play, um, you know, this is an opportunity for us to fire up that old Xbox and, and experience things on that side of the fence, if need be on that. Uh, you know, I've been dabbling with games past, but, uh, you know, PSO will, PSO two will definitely be something to where you might see me on Xbox a little bit more often. I think I could say that for all of us, probably. So, agreed. All right. Uh, uh, also, in the news, uh, there's a lot of fiscal earnings, like meetings and whatnot. But the, you know, I'm not going to go into all to like all those finite details about this selling this and this selling that. But uh, during their fiscal um, year ending March 2020 financial results briefing. Nintendo mentioned the following. Regarding Nintendo Switch, we believe that it is important to continue to communicate the appeal of both the Nintendo Switch systems and expand the installed base. Please note, we have no plans to launch a new Nintendo Switch model during 2020 on there. So they have confirmed that they are not going to be releasing any sort of Switch Pro model for the fiscal year during 2020. So been a lot of rumors I've noticed in the last few weeks saying, oh, yeah, they're getting everything ready and this and that and that and the other things. So I think they're going to concentrate on their system in the light and leave it at that. So I think it's a good thing. Stay out of the way of the uh, Xbox um, Series X and the PS5. I think uh, they'll, they're better off just uh, kind of waiting to see how everything shakes out. So. Any thoughts, Desmond, on this? I know you just bought your lights, so it's not like you're going to go out and buy the Pro or anything. But Nope. I mean, I thought about that, buying that Animal Crossing, um, uh, that that version of the Nintendo Switch that they're coming out. It's like a... it's Yeah, it's a, it's a character yeah. theme, Animal yeah, Crossing with the cute. dock and the whole thing. Yeah, it's kind of cute, and the, and the Joy-Cons look kind of cute, but I'm not going to do all that. But no, I have no desire to buy a Nintendo Switch Pro. I think that's great that they're doing that. They just came out with a handheld, and I think they're just gonna, you know, sell that sell that course and let you know. I don't want to call them big boys, but just let them fight it out. You know, uh, PS Five and the Xbox thingy, um, whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, the, just think sex, Series X. Series. Yeah. Mm. so yeah <laughs> so i'll let them i think nintendo's just like all right y'all have fun we've been at this game a lot longer than you so y'all have fun so enjoy <laughs> we have our market oh. share and we're happy with it bye <laughs> i feel it too i mean if anything i might just buy a switch light just like you so i could play on the go if need be if i have time on the go that is but <laughs> it's fun like i ride the bus a lot so i just put my headphones in and play my games and stuff it's great Okay, well, good deal. That's Nintendo's plan, so it's good Good to see that they laid their cards on the table, quote-unquote. Uh, also, speaking of systems, uh, in Television Amica, they uh, pretty much through their mailing list has 
pretty much uh, launched a Founders Edition pre-order on there. That's going to cost two ninety nine ninety nine on there, which is more than a typical Amico console will cost at launch. You get all sorts of goodies, though, with the uh, console. You do get that retro wood paneling uh, that was on the original Intellivision. On there, you also get... Um, a number of different things. The uh, console will be numbered and signed by Tommy Tallarico, the uh, president of Intellivision. You also will get a Founders Edition patch, pin, and poster uh, from the entire uh, and signed by the entire Intellivision team. You do get an Earthworm Jim anthology album and Tommy Tallarico's Greatest Hits Volume Two. It's also being thrown in, as well as a, a Miko gift card worth fifty bucks on there. So you will get your uh, console 2 before October 10th so you'll be able to play it before anyone else on here so I'd be amiss not to uh, uh, ask you Kevin about your plans on this or how would you proceed because I know you're the biggest Intellivision fan out of the three of us so how, how would you deal with this news Kevin? Uh, well you also get some games that are not going to be initially on the, on the on their storefront Oh, really? That's cool. um, that are going to be installed on the Founders Edition. Yeah, they have not. Re- as far as I know, they have not released what those games are. I think one of them might be Night Stalker, even though they didn't. Um, they didn't. I don't think they confirmed that. Um, but yeah, I got my pre-order in on this, hundred uh, percent for show. Um, they showed Night Stalker. Redux, and they also showed Astro Smash Redux, and you had me at Night Stalker, and you just then you go on ahead and you show me Astro Smash, forget about it. I'm 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 there, 110. percent um, For those who don't know, Intellivision was my gateway drug to home video gaming, and it's while it's not my favorite system ever it is the one that i has the most sentimental attachment to me i still have all my games i still have all my cartridges in those uh watercolor painted uh pictures of what the game is supposed to be <laughs> and then on the back it shows you what an artistic rendering of what the game actually is which is <laughs> Kind of like night and day. But again, you know, we're talking 1979, 1980, 1981. Uh, That was cutting edge graphics back then. So, you know, it's not like we had, you know, PS, you know, God of War PS4 to compare that to. So, I mean, back then that was, man, this, this game looks great. And man, the, that library, that Intellivision library um is so freaking amazing i can't you know if they if they do what and all they have to do is just do like quality remakes of that old stuff which i think that's what the bulk of this system is going to be um i know when it was first introduced they were talking about bringing new games and they're approaching the indie scene so there's going to be some some indie games that are becoming to this um their desire is to have everything on this system be exclusive because yeah exclusive kind of push your platform that's kind of sort of how this thing works and that's how they see it um 
there they've I know they've uh, there was a uh, interview that I read with Tommy Tallarico that he's trying to get some indie developers and using some things to make it uh, financially easier to bring their games and make them exclusive some of their games and make them exclusive to their platform um, whether or not that is eventually ex- how that is executed uh, once the game once the console hits the market will remain to be seen but it, it's kind of nice to and again this thing it's not like this thing is going to be competing with the switch and the Xbox and the P and the PlayStation it, it's not that's not what it's supposed to do. It's not designed for that. Um, it is designed for Gen Xers like me who grew up with these games, who have a strong affinity for these titles. Um, we have kids, and we're inter- we in, in the process or will be in the process of introducing our kids to video games. I know I've been, I don't have kids, but I've been doing it with my nieces and nephews. My, well, technically my, my great, my, 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 my grand nieces and nephews. Um, and I've already told them, it's like, all right, when this thing comes out, uh, y'all going to be playing this. Because... <laughs> This is this is no this choice. is how yeah well well actually you know what it, it, it's funny because um, I showed uh, I when I was uh, over at my uh, at EJ visiting EJ uh, my great nephew or my grand nephew I don't know if it's great ne- great or grand I don't, I don't know how he, he's my youngest nephew's son um, when I was visiting him and. And I, I, he was uh, showing, he was showing me all of the stuff he's been doing on YouTube with Smash Brothers, and he's like, you know, we, uh, we got to talking about video games in general. I said, well, let me show you how what your uncle grew up, how your uncle, how how your uncle grew up, <laughs> and I pulled up Night Stalker, and oddly enough, he was kind of interested in it. I mean, I, I'm not expecting this stuff to hold their interest, you know, like you know, like 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 Smash Brothers does or like you know, the modern games do. But, you know, he was like, you know what? I, I can kind of sort of see how this might have been interesting back then. And, you know, he's a, he's a freshman in high school. You know, I know that, that the games that, that he's into are, are much more complex than this. But it's like with, it, there would not be... There would not be a a Smash Brothers for you to enjoy. There would not be a Nintendo for you to enjoy if it wasn't for consoles like the Intellivision and the Atari VCS and the Magnavox Odyssey, you know, and all that stuff. That that is that laid the groundwork for everything that you're enjoying right now, and. Um, that's what has me most excited for this is that I can show him and my nieces are into games too, but not, not nearly as much as he is, but uh, I can show them this is, this is what uh, with, with a modern veneer, yeah, but with those classic skill based mechanics that did not, you know, wasn't nobody, there was no easy mode. 
you either had, you had to <laughs> you had to figure it out. <laughs> you had to go through the school of hard knocks with this stuff um, and get, get, get expose him to that you know pure games that were just nothing but pure gameplay, you know. And it's something that I think is sorely lacking in in many areas within modern gaming today. In modern gaming today, so I snagged my my founders edition uh, per the Intellivision Twitter. Their founders have sold out, so uh, I will be looking forward to getting my hands on the founders edition and everything that comes with it. So, All again, right. my apologies for for running long. Uh, with this story, but you this know. is like uh, this is this this is this this one gets me in the feels, y'all, because <laughs> this I, I mean some of my best memories as a child growing up uh, with my in my family were around the Intellivision. So when this when this product was first introduced, you know after getting after because i know there was another old school console that turned out to be nothing but a shill and i was like this close to trying to, to donating to the to the uh to the uh online funding for that and i said no nah, something about it's not right it turned out to be a sham but um amico is the real deal um and I'm very happy that it's also being it's also based around the console that has the greatest amount of sentimental value to me. Um, so I I will buy I I got the Founders Edition, and I will probably buy my mom one, and uh, I will plug it plug it into her television, and we will probably sit at her house and uh, play some games and reminisce and shed a few tears, and I'm going to enjoy every second of it. Um, because this, I, I think this is a big part of what gaming is all about. Uh, when does it come out? In October this year. Cool. Something for me to think about. I mean, my experience with television was like going to Kmart and like busting up on the demo kiosk or like at Jimco, like another old store. <laughs> I don't remember it that I don't remember it that well, actually. Like I remember it, but like I don't, really don't have that much experience with it. Well, I was like 11 and 12, like during 1981, 1982. And I was happy that M Network came out, that Mattel actually brought out games for the 2600. And I was playing like baseball and a few other games that were brought out on the 2600 at the time. So, Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And I've I've said this before, but I kind of got lucky and I took advantage of it because when this game came out, when, when, when in television and all of those other consoles, just before the crash came out um what also came out was was drugs you know drugs had been kicking the hell out of the black community mm-hmm. for a long time but then it started affecting the white folks so then it became a problem <laughs> um and my i took full advantage of that because my for my my dad was hearing all these these nightmare stories about it because some of his friends' kids were into drugs, and he was like, "I don't want you to do what. I don't want you as long as you do good in school. I'll, I'll drown." His words were, "I'll drown you in video games. Just don't do drugs." And true to his word, yeah, he did. Because mm. <laughs> I got in television. I have a ColecoVision. I got, 
I had I had all a whole bunch of games for that, and I you know I it was funny because when I um I I I it was for Christmas uh, I can't remember what year, but I I saw the ColecoVision and ColecoVision's thing was bringing the arcade home, right? And I was like, yeah, I would really like to get a ColecoVision. And my mom was like, you already got an Intellivision. What you need that for? And I just said, well, I guess I could start doing drugs. <laughs> wow. Damned if I didn't get a ColecoVision for Christmas that year. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, you know what you got to do, though. <laughs> and you know what? It's like, you know, you know, I think my parents knew that I wasn't that dumb. <laughs> But, they're like, well, he's got a point. But 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 but, but they're like, you know, or do we want to risk it? <laughs> so, so yeah, but uh, yeah, so looking forward to this, absolutely. Good deal. Glad you're super excited for it, and yeah. uh, we'll definitely check it out at your house. That's oh, yeah. likes to say. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. All right, I got a couple other news stories real quick. Um, uh, Torchlight Frontiers has transformed. It is now going to be Torchlight 3. So Torchlight Frontiers was a free-to-play game uh, that was available on Steam in beta. But they went ahead and changed and the game proper and are going to be releasing Torchlight 3 for PC in the summer. On there, the press release stated from uh, CEO Max Schaefer: "When we started developing Torchlight Frontiers, we were focused on creating a shared world experience. During development, you often discover what type of product a game is meant to be, and we found Torchlight Frontiers was meant to be a true successor to Torchlight One and Two. Uh, based on this and extensive feedback from our alpha testers, we decided it was time to take the game back to its roots and model it after the classic Torchlight games." On there, we'd like to thank our dedicated player base for supporting us and providing such insightful feedback during early development. So, so we'll be able to take a look. Uh, hopefully, you know, Torchlight Three and Torchlight Two just got console ports this last year on here. So we'll see, but it is going to be out on PC in the summer. So, and what was shown looks pretty good to me. So. On that, Des is something. I mean, we haven't really even torn the Torchlight Two yet, so it's like <laughs> I got a lot to play through that game first before tearing into this one. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm interested in it. It does look pretty good, and I like the aesthetic. So I'll probably be be picking it up, and it's free, so I can't really be, you know, I'm I'm just more interested in seeing how the microtransactions are going to be. But uh, yeah, me yeah, too. If it's not super, you know, crazy. Then I'll probably, I mean, I'll most likely end up end up playing it. You know, just, yeah, just as long like, as it's not crazy <laughs> with the microtransactions. It says console versions will fall shortly after, so it is going to be probably out for the end of the year. And my guess is maybe beginning of uh, 2021. So we'll see about that. So, and then last but not least, I just want to talk about one of uh, our favorite developers, Platinum Games, on there. So. Uh, uh, Basically, there was uh, speculation. This was confirmed on a Twitter feed, but through a couple of uh, analysts on there, but uh, that uh, there was talks previously. uh, Platinum was trying to secure money last year, and they were trying to get some capital funding if need be, and there was a possibility 
last year that Microsoft was looking to buy Platinum Games, but it kind of fell through the woodwork. And <laughs> knowing the uh, consistency of uh, Microsoft and whatnot, uh, I don't know if it would have been a boon if they bought Platinum, but they got eventually got uh, funding from Tencent, the Chinese company, mm. on that. But... Uh, you know, it's a point that they're looking to self-publish now, and since they got this capital investment, uh, they are working on new games for the next generation on that. But uh, would it have been crazy to think Microsoft might have bought the Platinum? Um, for me personally, is I mean, I don't know. I I still think it's still too early to see what the uh, Microsoft-owned um, uh, studios, yeah, studios like a, are going to do. Um, yeah. I mean, if it's I just hope it's not. I mean, I'm just. Wor- I don't want to say that I'm worried. It's just I really just hope that they end up putting out some like quality stuff. And I still think it's still too early to tell. Um, given uh, what uh, what was that that game that Obsidian just released? Like, are you talking about the sandbox game that like Honey I Shrunk the Kids yeah, game? I can't like, even think of the damn name of yeah, it. Yeah, so. if it's if it's anything like that. Or if that's if that's the quality of the games that we're we'll getting, I'm, I'll be sorely disappointed. But I don't think it's going to be like that. So, so yeah. And Kev, I mean, I don't know if if you thought about a possible you know future of Microsoft owned Platinum, and we think that would have been just a bad, bad. Um, because <laughs> uh, the whole thing about Skybound still kind of resonates with me. Scalebound, yeah. Scalebound, scalebound, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I I definitely kind of feel that. Um, well, see, here's the thing, though. It's like if Microsoft did purchase it, it would be part of the game. It would be part of the Game Pass, you know, platform. And I think it could, I, you know, it could have been interesting. It could have introduced that uh, those customers to. A world of games that they otherwise would not have, you know, cared to try or maybe even heard about. If if their product, if their games were marketed right and put up, you know, front and center with with you know the more traditional games that that uh, or or genres that is typically more associated with the Xbox Xbox brand. It could have worked out, but I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think we know the full story behind that whole scale-bound thing. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I think there was some. I think there was some bad blood there. That is that. In my opinion, you know, no insider stuff. No. No inside leak person. No, no. This this developer's cousin, CEO's ex roommate <laughs> from college told me this. Um, I think that Scalebound was kind of like a collaborative effort that was probably going to to herald the introduction of Platinum Games as a as a micro as an Xbox what games developer or Xbox game studio partner. And I think Microsoft had their wanted too much. They were they were Microsofting the product, the process. Maybe yeah. that's just what I think. No, yeah, they were again, like uh, no focus testing this thing to death. Yeah, they were. It was being focus tested to death, and I could see that. You know, it looked so. It looked like Final Fantasy and and Devil May Cry and 
and uh, a couple other games had this had this digital orgy, and here you got you got Scalebound, and it didn't do any of them. It didn't seem to do any of them particularly well, and I think that just kind of spoiled that what could have been a corporate partnership. But you know, it, they they got funding now, and uh, I'm good. I'm anxious. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely interested to see what they're going to bring to the table because when when they're at their best they're they're they they're particularly their action games in my opinion are are some of the best around you know yeah. bayonetta oh. you know yeah so um, i'm so worth yeah right now they're working on bayonetta 3 for nintendo <laughs> excuse me and then also uh babylon's fall for square enix and that that really- looks amazing that i'm i'm babylon's fall it. looks amazing yeah. It, it, um, it 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 looks absolutely absolutely fantastic. So uh, it, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to their to seeing what they come up what what their future endeavors will turn out to be. For sure, and and actually, something came through the newswire just as we were recording today, and uh, supposedly next week, developer Platinum is going to announce a Kickstarter, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to port. Uh, the Wii U game, the wonderful 101 to other platforms, including the Nintendo Switch on there. So it looks like starting next week, we'll probably hear something, at announcements set for the next coming days on there. A lot of people were like, oh, well, I thought Nintendo owned that IP, but um, not sure what the arrangement might be. But uh, I guess they're going to be launching a Kickstarter on there, and uh, they want to self-publish this game, but they need a little support on there, so... So did ten, I, did that ten cent check not click cash or clear yet or? Uh, they said right <laughs> now that the ten cent is for future endeavors, not for back catalog stuff, and no. so they are looking to see if people are interested. But uh, according to the rumor, because it's not fully announced as of yet, uh, once they do announce the Kickstarter, they will be bringing the game over to Switch, but also possibly the PC and PS4 as well. So. Mm. Which is crazy because you think Wonderful 101 is owned by Nintendo, but uh, we'll see what kind of arrangements might be, if need be, to see if they can bring this bad boy out. And uh, I'm kind of interested. I mean, I I haven't really signed up for a Kickstarter since Bloodstained. Uh, I think uh, a lot of companies have been going away from Kickstarter. It seems like that kind of fell out of favor, but... uh, uh, I mean, if Platinum came out with like a God Hand too, I mean, I'd be mm-hmm. willing to kickstart like you know, hundred bucks, just throw that yeah. on the in the damn table. Or I would kickstart so. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I won't be kickstarting Wonderful One Hundred and One. I didn't like that game at all. I don't remember. I, I, although I although I think it might have been uh, because it was that was Wii U, right? Yeah. I think it was more hampered by the peripherals of the Wii U than anything else, but oh, I know. I found that game damn near unplayable. For um, me, I like the art style. I like the fact that it harkens back to some beautiful Joe kind of uh, aspects, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. um, and just like with Star Fox Zero, because Platinum also developed that turd on there. Yeah. That. Uh, you know, I think uh, what that they were was Nintendo to- having their thumb in the pie too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, I'd be curious to see how Wonderful 101 plays without the touchpad. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of it required a lot of, uh, you know, t- 
touchscreen aspects. Yeah, with that that's game, what killed so. it for me. Yeah, because yeah. I found it dang near unplayable. Well, if you have it on a PC or PS4, man, or even the Switch, as long as they have uh, control methods that would support the, you know, just a regular controller, uh, we'll have to see. So, mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting. But that is all the news I have for this episode. So, okay. And thank you for sharing that news information, that uh, industry news with us, Trader Joe. We got some uh, feedback in our vessel line. So we're going to jump into that right about now. So I'll go ahead and read uh, that we got two responses, both from uh, our listener, Isaiah 68. So we thank you very much. Uh, for dropping for for dropping emails to us, which you can do also at gamingvessels at gmail.com. So I'll go into his first letter. Hi all. Regarding best video game of the decade, clearly it's Mass Effect 2. On to the mat to subject matter at hand. The latest PS5 rumors are intriguing. The PS5 reveal event is rumored to be in early February which is cool in and of itself, but I found it even more interesting that pre-orders will start right after this event. Does this mean that the PS5 will actually launch in late summer and not in the fall? I.e. otherwise the pre-order date is a full eight to 10 months before the system launches. Regarding the next Xbox, I love the fact that the games will not be locked to new hardware. People who crap on this plan really don't understand PC gaming and or just want to hate for the sake of hating. In the end, avoiding discrete hardware jumps with locked software is better for the is better for the consumer. I think this is a masterstroke by Microsoft and is yet another step in Microsoft's focus on software over hardware. Furthermore, journalists and journalists and haters of Microsoft like this like the like uh, like story that PlayStation is winning the console war, but the reality remains. Microsoft and Sony are really running different races. Cheers, Isaiah 6-8. And he writes a second letter because that, um, that was from a, after listening to a prior episode and then the following of the follow-up episode. Yeah, they were uh, both sent the other, same day. Oh, they were sent on the same day. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, one was sent right after after he listened to episode six hundred one. So okay. So he's, he was he was listening so, to he's with the, yeah. the whole day listening to our content. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, my friend. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So my last email was sent before I listened to your last episode on one nineteen episode six hundred one. As you guys already know, I respectfully disagree. In response to your latest episode, I will say the days of discrete console generations are over. Example, PS4, PS4 Pro, Xbox One S, Xbox One S. Moreover, what was the what was the big jump in the last generation? Lighting, resolution, draw distance, frame rates, etc. <clears throat> These are all features that can that can be managed by interfacing with a game settings and with the GPU uh, computing power, i.e., do you have a GeForce 950 or a 2080 Ti, i.e., the programming for the different PC builds is inherent to the gaming engine. 
in reality, consoles nowadays are really just standard PCs. And with that thought, Sony has recently has recently stated that their exclusives are coming to PC. Regarding the Xbox Series X, if you take a step back and look at the hardware as it were uh, as it were a PC and not a console, then it makes sense. Furthermore, I love the idea that the Xbox player base will not be completely fragmented by another discrete console generation. Lastly, the most importantly, again, Microsoft and Sony are running very different races. One is forward-thinking and one is antiquated. I uh, will Isaiah six eight. So I'll t- I'll toss I'll toss the uh, the responses to you guys first. Uh, uh, how do you, what do you what do you have to say regarding uh, his points that he made in made in his uh, emails? Yeah, Joe. Uh, for me, um, I mean, I understand what he's saying about the console generations kind of being gone, but that kind of looking at these ne- this next set of consoles, especially with the PS5, as being like a new line in the sand. You know, you're still we don't know much about it yet. I mean, we know what it's rumored. We don't know anything. Let's yeah. be perfectly honest. All we know is that they have SSDs, and that's really about it. And the only yeah. reason we know that is because that's the only thing that's been officially announced. Yeah, and it's backwards compatible with the four, at least PS4, on there. So, and uh, you know, I could I could see both sides of the coin. I could see what Xbox is doing. I could see what PS5 is going to be, or what we think it's going to be. Uh, to kind of throw out saying that one's forward thinking and one's antiquated. I don't know about all that business. That's just hyperbole to me a bit on there. So, uh, even if you think that. Uh, the games pass and everything's forward thinking. It's just the point. I don't need 150 games curated for me by Microsoft. I already have 700 games on my PS4 on the digital side and the codes I own uh, that I bought and purchased, plus all the wonderful shiny silver discs in my possession as well. So, I mean, I don't need a games pass. I'm a little bit different than most gamers, if need be, you know. And so. That's why even uh, with the forward thinking of Microsoft's Games Pass, because I enjoy turning on my Xbox and playing some new stuff. I think it's a cool concept on there, and especially with the price that I did the sign up for Games Pass during the um, past year's E3. That was a great, great choice. But, uh, you know, with Windows 10 and with everything that's on the table with Xbox Play Anywhere, I will enjoy the... Xbox catalog on Games Pass on my Xbox One X. I'm going to enjoy it on my Windows PC, my Windows 10 PC. I'm not going to buy an Xbox Series X uh, right away, or if at all on there. I'm going to upgrade my PC if need be and spend the money on that instead of buying a new Xbox. I don't need another box in front of my TV, but uh, according to you know, Microsoft, they don't care. And as long as I'm playing Xbox, that's what counts in the end for them. And I could understand that. I'm still hopefully involved in their, um, you know, in their, I'm trying to say infrastructure, within their ecosystem. On there. As long as I'm involved in their ecosystem, they don't care where I, where I play. If I play in the cloud, if I play on my PC, or if I play on an Xbox. And so, you know, that's cool. I know Sony doesn't have everything like Microsoft has, meaning they don't have a Windows 10 computer to be able to you know, promote as well. So 
even though I know that Sony has brought out some of their exclusives, they've only released one game so far, that No More Heroes, not No More Heroes, uh, there was a small indie, Ready Set Heroes, that came out on Steam, published by Sony. You also have like Detroit Become Human, which was published by Quantic Dream separately, but right now we've only heard rumors and rumblings about Horizon Zero Dawn, and an announcement by Major League Baseball about MLB The Show being on uh, the Switch and also on Xbox platforms in the future. So, I mean, you know, at least I'm just looking forward to PlayStation 5 uh, because of the fact that I can play all my PlayStation 4 games that I own and whatever new games that come out on PlayStation 5 on there. And I'm not all into, you know, as far as, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, hopefully they make it powerful enough so that I enjoy my system, but I'm going to be buying it irregardless just because of the fact that I have Plenty of PS3, PS4 games, uh, if it's rumored as it's rumored to be backwards compatible all the way back to the one, I'll be able to enjoy all my PlayStation games on one console, on one box under my TV, and that's all I care about. That's all I care about. So if Xbox comes and brings the business and sings to me, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll invest in something to play Xbox on the go with xCloud or... God forbid, buy the next Xbox at some point. Once I see all the cards on the table and I see all the games that you know speak to me. I mean, if Microsoft keeps bringing stuff like PSO2 and helping promote games and doing things, it's, you know, basically it's just going to boil down to the games. I don't care what the, what the model you want to bring to me. If it's going to be a point of... Uh, you know, having games on subscription service, as long as those games on the subscription service are good to me, then hell, I'll subscribe. And if I don't like the games, guess what? I'll cancel it. So it's not a big deal on there. Now, I just see, too, as well, and just going off on this about the email, is that, um, you know, with the um, announcement that the next couple year of games are going to be um backwards compatible or be able to be played on the xbox one um and the the base xbox one i just hope the scope of the games like we talked about before are not going to be like kind of scaled down if need be uh for you know the 2013 xbox one on there because you know i know a lot of people talked about the processor in that particular uh, system, which I forgot the name of it off the top of my head right now. Jaguar. Yeah, Jaguar, yeah, but it's, you know, from developers and what people have said that it's just really hard to develop a modern game for that particular chipset on there. So, so, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not looking at Rise Center Rome now. We're looking at Halo Infinite. So I just, uh, I can't imagine just owning a regular base Xbox One and playing like the next two years of Xbox games on that thing. So that would have to be rough. That would that would have to be rough. I mean, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the thing is, and and I don't think any of us have any programming experience. Or if we, you know, no. <clears throat> speaking for myself, I know I don't. Yeah, we watch Digital Foundry and think we know something. What we yeah. Know. <laughs> so. I mean, in my opinion, because I've I've seen publishers or, or game creators uh, speak on both sides. Yes, you design for the highest and scale down, and some others say no, you design for the for the common denominator, and then you add add up. 
either way, you're still anchoring your games to old hardware because the core engine still has to run on that 2013 original Xbox. And as long as you do that with your new hardware, it's going, it just, just, it just seems a lot, you know, just looking at it from a logical perspective, it's going to be, it's going to be anchored down to some extent on what you can do on that new, that new bright and shiny you got. If it has to take into consideration the prior generation hardware, it, 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 it just has to, you know, we're talking SSDs with next to nothing loading times and being able to, to push you into an, an expansive world quicker. We've already seen what, uh, how Spider-Man runs on a, uh, uh, PS5 chipset that they did uh, in that uh, closed corporate meeting down at uh, with Sony X amount of months ago, and we saw how fast you could move through that entire that entire world. You're, there's differences not only in I mean the chipset is still x86, but if it's SSD, it's moving much faster, but that world cannot take full advantage of that new hardware and the the new loading abilities if it's still anchored to that old Jaguar CPU and whatever GPU though the, the, you know the, this current generation consoles still have to offer and again um, when I buy a new console uh, I want to I, I buy it to play new games. I wanted to show me. I wanted to show me what this box is capable of. What I've invested my hard-earned money into, and I the backwards compatibility, and really this is like it's not backwards compatibility. It, it's it's I don't even know what you call it. I I don't I I don't see how you entice people to get onto your new hotness when you're saying. By the way, you don't need to uh, uh, upgrade if you don't want to. Um, it's one thing to promote those game, and, and I think this is where you mentioned you've got uh, Microsoft and, and PlayStation running two different races. That's true. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation still has several bangers dropping this year, or, or, or and into this rolling into this next generation xbox doesn't they're they're from their proprietary studios everything is should be focused on the series x but instead they're telling you that hey um if you decide to drop x amount of dollars on this series x which you don't have to because we put all our games everywhere uh, you're not going to fully experience what this console can do because we're bringing the prior generation along with the ride, along for the ride. And I think the reason they're doing that is because they don't have, they may not have a whole lot ready yet. And you know, these games that PlayStation is getting ready to drop were designed with the base PS4 in mind from the jump. So base PS5, you mean? 
No, the base PS4, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Last of Us Two. Oh yeah, no, you're talking That's, about these was... are these are current generation games. Yeah. That are going to be rolling into PS5, right? Yeah. So, but Xbox doesn't have that. They don't have any. I think the last thing that they had drop was uh, uh, Outer Worlds, right? Was it Outer Worlds? No. Uh, no, Outer Worlds was actually uh, published by... Um, uh, oh, so then it was Gears, Gears 5 then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they Ori, got nothing Ori's, else for the rest of the year. Ori's coming out. Ori's coming well, out. Oh, okay, Ori. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot about Ori. I actually have... I need to pre-order that. Um, but they got Ori and that's it. So again, it, it, I, you know, well, they got a few things. I mean, they got that one game, uh, was it uh, fighting edge? I forgot <laughs> the, the one from, uh, Ninja studios. Oh, Ninja, oh yeah. Yeah. Ninja Theory. Right. Yeah. Ninja theory. Yeah. They got that game. Yeah. So they got a few things, but, uh, you know, obviously we're looking forward to the, New Xbox coming out. We're just going to have to, just like you said about the PlayStation 5, we don't know a, a whole ton about it. We don't know how this initiative's going to work for Microsoft either. I mean, obviously, you could see in the macro situation, just like you stated, Kev, that, you know, that we hope these games being designed are going to look as great as they need to do on the uh, Xbox Series X, but not be hampered by it being. Uh, playable on the Xbox One. Well, we'll have to see how they execute on this plan. So we'll see yeah. what happens. I, I think that's and, the best and, thing. And, you know, just and let's not forget we're we 20, 2080 Ti's struggle at 4K 60 frames. Yeah, they do. And that's a dang thousand dollar card, right? Or eight hundred dollar card. I can't remember. It's it's come down. It's come down since then. And they're getting ready to drop the the, the three the three thousand series cards. And who knows how much those are going to cost. Um, but and if you think you're going to get four K four K ultra sixty frames per second out of a five hundred dollar box, um, I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, for me. For me personally, I'm taking a wait and see approach. Um, I have yeah. not been wowed by um, Microsoft's first party uh, exclusives, and I have not been wowed by by what their studios have been producing right now. So I I think Microsoft is uh, there again. I'll agree. You no, know, they're playing a the long game, and I think that they're just trying to put they're 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 in a in a for me, they are in a state of, of kind of, I don't want to say growth, but they're they're in a state of like repositioning, you know, with with all of their services and stuff, and 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 I think um, they're they're changing and they're evolving to to kind of combat a new marketplace that they that that they feel is going to happen. The streaming services, these 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 in-house things where 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 their company is going to become as self-sufficient as possible for for their um for the people that purchase their their products so again no matter no matter no matter where you're at if you're in the ecosystem you're in the ecosystem it's sort of like it's sort of like a, an apple approach you know just as long as you're in the ecosystem you can you you can be a part of it you know and, and 
is what I'm thinking. It's sort of what they're what they're doing, and and maybe it'll work for them. Maybe it won't. Um, I I just think that they are playing this very, very protracted long game to see where stuff is going to land. Now, uh, will the consoles ever fully go away? No, um, I do not think that. Spe- specifically, given what happened to Stadia. Um, so, or, or, or that model is going to have to change before anyone can fully, um, for, for, I mean, the masses, the general public of gamers and whatnot are going to, um, get behind that. Um, and, and I just don't think that we're going to see that right now. So again, it's, it's, it's all up in the air about what's going to happen. This is all speculatory. You know, which is good because you know it, it's good and it's bad. I'm I'm definitely taking a wait and see approach with this because I really do not know, um, and and so it would be bad for me to 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 really come out here and be like you know well blah 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 blah. blah. So I'm just I'm taking a wait and see approach. I'm going to continue yeah. on um, as as I normally do. This is why I you know am a hardcore you know Nintendo fan because Nintendo's like. You know, we're just gonna, we're just gonna be, it's weird, it's like, it's like, <laughs> I, I imagine this giant, um, this like, you know, the swimming in the Olympics, and you got, and you got, or, 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 or playing in a sandbox, and you have like Nintendo and them fighting to, fighting to go down the slide first, and Nintendo is just kind of like, on the, on the, on, on like the, uh, the, the little Ferris wheel, just kind of playing with themselves, it's like, yay, this is fine, we're okay over here, you know, <laughs> you know, so, and, and I think that's kind of like, you know, to, to Nintendo's, you know, they're, they're like, I don't know, like, they just seem not to be phased by any of this. Like, they're Nintendo, like, we're going to do whatever we're going to do, you know? It's okay. Like the, it's okay. like that, it's like that, it's like that Pokemon thing, you know, where, 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 where they're like, we're going to continue to make Pokemon, you know, like we do for years, and that's fine. We have a proven, we have a proven, we have a proven um, strategy, and it works, let's just do that. And then you have Tim Tim come along. You know, giving something what 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 people have been asking for, and it like I don't know, it just seems like Nintendo's like okay, well, good for them. We're gonna continue what we're doing over here. So 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 in that, Nintendo can be sort of you know just kind of stagnant. So I get so so I get how all three of these you know major companies are are doing. It just seems like all three of them are doing their own thing, you know, which is great uh, for for us as consumers because we get to buy into whatever we want. You know, so that's why competition in the free market is great because you get as much as you 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 get to choose what your experience is, and that's fantastic. And I think that, yeah. and when we stop, or, and when companies stop doing that or or, or 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 don't care about that anymore, that's when it becomes a problem. So that's that's one of the reasons why I'm, you know, worried about um, just about uh, going going all digital and stuff like that because it really kind of like I think it it, it kind of limits your choices or some people might say that it doesn't it opens up even more choices but again this is um, this is all just uh, food for thought because we have no idea what's going to happen until until they decide to do what they're going to do. Yeah, but my yeah, thing and, is, and is I I just got to have one one question. What does what does PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo all have in common. They love money. Oh yeah, they love their bottom line. They got to pay their shareholders. They love money. It would seem to me, for as long as Nintendo's been in this game, if this play everywhere, put your games everywhere, if if this was really a means 
to get more money, don't you think Nintendo would be in this bag too? Mm. I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, all this stuff, all this stuff aside, if the end result, if the bottom line is to build your bottom line, it, I think Nintendo sees something, it sees something, and I think that something is value, and they said it in their in their in their report, their statement report that we mentioned earlier in the show, building the base. Within it, with the Nintendo Switch brand, or I'm paraphrasing, how do you build your base? You put out content that you can only get there. That's why. That's how you move millions of units a year. That's how you build your software attach rates. You build. You make your ecosystem appeasable and make people want to buy into what you're selling and they say hey i really like this stuff what else you got oh we got these third party games oh we have these second party games oh we have these services sign me up that's how you build your platform that's how sony had built its platform from the original playstation and that and yes believe it or not folks that's how xbox used to build their platform back in the day but you know things have changed and granted it's great for um for people to have all these choices but if you've got your games everywhere you're no the platforms are no longer competing for each other meaning that it's going to be not based off your portfolio it's going to be based off of trend and what's the hottest trend going right now? Battle Royale. I'm sorry. I don't want to live in a world where every freaking game that comes out is a battle royale with a different skin. I, I, I'm 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 not I'm not going to do that. I, I don't want that. And if you've got games everywhere, people are no longer competing with what what makes your platform distinctive. You're following trends. And and I mean, there's going to be trends regardless, but the trend thing is even going to go even deeper. Yeah. And what's 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 the next big thing after 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 Battle Royale? It's going to be something else stupid, you know, and everybody's just going to be putting out the same type of game, trying to get that same lightning in a bottle, and it's going to kill ingenuity, it's going to kill uh, a uniqueness, and I don't want to see that, you know. So, and, and I mean, I'm cool either way because I'm getting a new Intellivision this year. So if if PlayStation decides to crap the bed and everybody else decides to crap the bed with this with this play everywhere, put your games everywhere, all this, you know, dumb it down to mediocrity. Okay, cool. I got my Intellivision. I'm fine. I got my. I got. And uh, I still got my Switch. I'm cool. Got my PC. I'll roll with that. So uh, I'm gonna be playing games either way. It's just like it's just that I would I still want to see the stuff uh, that I think made this generation so enjoyable um, continue. I just yeah. don't want to see that ingenuity die. And I think games everywhere, regardless of platform, kills that ingenuity. And it you just you just you just Gerber baby everything. You just Pablomize everything. 
Okay, and I don't want to see that happen. Uh, I'm equating Xbox and Microsoft right now to a Chinese smorgie, basically. So uh, Games Pass is like a smorgasbord to me now. Whether I, I'm going to enjoy the smorgasbord or not, <laughs> we'll have to see. But at least I get to play every first-party game and get to check out what they're doing. Uh, Bleeding Edge was the name of the game. I know I said yeah, Fighter's Edge. Edge or something. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Looking forward to Ori. But uh, you know, I, I, at least I'm signed up to Games Pass until middle of 2021. And so, <laughs> with the devices so, I own, I am <laughs> able to play everything that they are bringing to the so, table. So sad story. So when when uh, that Black Friday thing, I guess it hit or something happened, and they were Microsoft was like, you know. Get a month of Game Pass for like a dollar. I was like, sure, I'll do that. Like maybe give me a chance to go in and do it again. So I I spent one dollar and I never plugged in my Xbox. <laughs> so I was like, well, uh, that is wasted a dollar. I was like, geez. So I don't know. Just I don't know. There's just nothing really pulling me to Xbox. So we'll see what happens. Again, wait and see approach. I've never. Well, I can't say I've never been, but. But by and large, I'm not an early adapter or adopter. So, so we'll just see. You know, we'll 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 let the people who who are early adopters and the influencers come out there and play it and see what they say. That's the best mm-hmm. thing I can do. It's just, yeah, that's yeah. The, well, we'll see because, like I said, we don't. Now all the cards are laid on the table for any of these uh, manufacturers yet. We'll have to see what they decide to do with the um, Xbox as far as what games are playable on the one and we're going to see the execution once the games come out and we'll see a digital foundry, you know, uh, you know, information as far as how well they perform. I'm not going to be playing Halo Infinite on a base Xbox one, but we'll be able to see what happens. So we'll see (laughs) how well it's executed or lack thereof. So, yeah, 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 there, there was a, there was a, um, a segment from an IGN show, that was that I saw being posted on Twitter, and it was I, I these hosts of whatever show it was on were going back and forth and discussing this this new generation that they're coming into, and how you know everything is a service, and they were equating, you know how like oh well such and such movie came out on Netflix, and um, you know, after experiencing this great series on Netflix, we just jumped into this other movie and it was very mediocre, borderline bad. But the consensus with the group was, oh, well, you know, we're seeing it free, you know, quote unquote free. You're still paying for the service, but it's just something else that they threw in there. And then they started talking about, you know, like Games Pass. And they said, well, Crackdown 3 wasn't great, but. I got it for free, quote unquote. So, you know, I didn't have to spend any extra money. And it was, it's that kind of viewpoint that I don't want to see in gaming where mediocrity is the baseline. I think when you start doing stuff like that and making everything into a service and putting all your games everywhere, you dumb down the expectation to where. Well, since it doesn't matter what I play, since it doesn't matter if I buy because I have this service, uh, if the games aren't all that great, hey, it only cost me a dollar. Hey, if the games aren't that great, I got this, you know, I got a year of whatever service uh, at half cost during Black Friday. 
it just drops your expectations and these these companies are more than happy to give you those lowered expectations because you're plugged into the service you know it i i just and i just don't want to see that happen happen in gaming and i think that is one of the byproducts of this service games everywhere stuff that's that's going around and and you know we'll know more once once the full reveals of both these consoles are on the table and assuming these companies are going to be upfront and forthwith about their long-term vision for what they want to do with these new consoles on the on, you know on shelves you know so a whole lot of it depends on how on particularly PlayStation in my view uh, of whether or not the platform is going to be up front and 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 center or are they going to take this more you know spread it out you know just let me know up front so I can make the best decision for me. That's that's all I'm saying. So, alrighty, yo. I think we covered that and then some. So, mm-hmm. so again, shout out to Isaiah six eight. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the feedback. Um, game night. Our game nights are are scheduled well when we do them because yeah. you know our apologies we have not been uh, <laughs> exactly like clockwork well, with regards to our game nights you know stuff comes up you know let's start, let's start out there what what day of the week would work out better you think than saturdays honestly us? for me saturdays kind of work but it's just these past few saturdays a lot of stuff has been going on oh for sure for sure so you know Normally, a Saturday would work well, um, but um, the last few Saturdays have just been kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of off, you know. Yeah. But well, typically, our our game nights are Saturday evenings, eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, five p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, typically, take place on PlayStation. So uh, our PSN IDs. Uh, We'll, we'll also be t- posting this out on Twitter when we do it. We'll send uh, so if you follow the gaming at, at gaming vessels on Twitter, you'll be able to see that. And we typically re- retweet those from our from our own Twitter accounts, and we'll we'll mention how you can get a hold of us uh, in our contact segment of the show. But uh, again, our gaming our gaming nights are Saturdays. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you guys want to try something, you know, reach out to us. You want to play, play on 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 Xbox or PC or Nintendo? Let us know. We we've we've got those platforms available too. So, uh, so moving that from to contact, how do you get a hold of us? Well, you can reach our show at gamingvessels at gmail.com. That's where you want to want to send your feedback like our listener Isaiah 68 did. You'll want to send uh, your emails to that address. If you'd like to be a part of the show, that's where you want to send the request because we definitely would love to interview you, our listeners, and find out what makes you tick uh, within the world of this of what I think is the best hobby in the world, which is video gaming. Uh, also, uh, you can reach us on Twitter. I can be reached at shownuff71. That's S H O N U F F, the number 71. 
PlayStation Network. I am Shonov7, same spelling with the number 7. Uh, Xbox, I am Shonov071, again, same spelling with 071. And on Steam, I am Shonov71. So, Dez, where can the folks get a hold of you at, brother? All righty. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at the Nemo 6 That's T-H-E-N-E-M-O-S-I-X. Spelled out, not the number. Or you can check me out on um, <clears throat> on um, PSN at uh, Nemo Tigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. Uh, also, if you're wanting to, I still play Pokemon, um, and I play in my Switch. So if you want to uh, add me as your friend, you know, DM me on um, on a uh, um, on uh, Twitter, and uh, yeah, uh, we can definitely exchange friends codes. Um, also, um, if you want to be my friend on, um, or be a contact on, uh, PSN, feel free to shoot me a message. Please say that you're with, uh, that you listen to the gamers vessels because you know, PSN yes. has a lot of spam. So, so please <laughs> just put something in your, in your response. Hey, you know, I listen to your show, you know, and you can join either one of us, you know, and, uh, so you can, you know, hang out with us and play games with us. So, uh, Joe, where can the people find you? Okay, on Twitter, I am under the handle Joe Fongul, so uh, J-O-E-F-O-N-G-U-L, uh, Twitter. Uh, that's for Twitter. And then for PSN, uh, for Steam, and for Nintendo Network, my username is Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. And then on Xbox uh, Live, I am Kamunagara, same spelling, 6966 on there so like you both stated um if you want to f- add me to your friends list by all means go and do so just make a mention that you are a listener of either gaming vessels or gamer husbands radio as well so on that and uh, as far as friend codes on in nintendo network uh, you know it might be something i might want to just throw on my twitter profile possibly so we'll see I'll see if I can throw it on there. If not, you know, always just DM me on Twitter, and I will let you know. I st- we still need to kind of experiment, me and Desmond, with uh, playing networked games on the Switch. I know there was an app on the phone I downloaded, but we might think about just going and using Discord. And if anyone out there is a fan of Discord, let us know. Maybe we'll start a gaming, uh, gaming vessels Discord, possibly. So that would be interesting. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I've got Discord. I got uh, Discord on my phone right now. Uh, I, I, I'm still a little. I'm gonna have to look at at some tutorials to see exactly how that works because I'm still a little, uh, at, at, you know, a little bit confused as to how as to how of the different functions with Discord. I know some people record shows through it and use it as in-game communication so it, it looks like it's like a multitasker app for gaming so i i kind of need to dig into what discord is all about because i'm st- <laughs> I'm still not sure how to exactly use it sound like old man yeah well i am an old man so <laughs> <laughs> talking about game systems from 1979 and 81 82 yeah i'm, I'm I'm old. Get off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> well, all right, folks. We thank you for for hanging in there with us, uh, listening to season six, episode three. 
for the Bay Area Terror, Dez, and for Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. I am Shonef71, a.k.a. Kevin, and we are signing off and saying we'll check you out next time. Peace.